Isaiah 5.20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Throughout history, God has sent His judgments on those whose sinful nature became so evil, even He couldn't take it anymore. Is America in danger of God's judgments? Well, we'll answer this question on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. We had a great conference in Kingsport, Tennessee this weekend. Thanks to all of you that showed up and supported that. Man, the Holy Ghost showed up and wow, it was awesome Saturday night, Sunday morning. What a great move of God. So looking forward to more conferences coming up. If you'd like to come to one of our conferences, go to endtime.com under the Events and the Conferences tab, and it shows all my conferences that will be coming up uh, for the next six months. And hopefully you can join us in one of those conferences. Okay, here we go, everybody. Um, Got a a, a topic that we touched on many times here at End of the Age, and we have to. And that's the agenda that's being pushed here in the United States, States, the LGBTQ agenda. I've had people ask me, why do you guys talk about that? Here's why we talk about it. Number one, the Bible talks about it, so we have to. It's prophesied that this will be a uh, prominent uh, in society just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the fact of the matter is, everybody, you can see this stuff coming at us from all sides here in America. If somebody doesn't say to teach about it, whether it's somebody on the radio who wants to teach the truth, your pastor, a teacher, a family member telling their children... If we don't tell the next generation, then they will accept this as a viable lifestyle and think that it's okay. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that it should go, and he will not depart from it. So we've got to talk about it. Our next generation has to be taught that this is anti-Bible, anti-God. Now... You and I both know that there is all kinds of debauchery, I mean, lying, propaganda, and agenda-driven policies going on in America. Politics really is as corrupt as I have ever seen it. Right now, our nation is feeling this. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, he used to say, politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. And that is so true. It talks about the dragon give this world governing body its seat, power, and great authority. So think about politics in our world today. Why is it so corrupt? And there's so much lying and propaganda and all these agendas. Satan is the driver behind that. It's not God, believe me. And so, but, but I want to focus on, in on one topic that our beloved Christian nation, yes I said it, Christian nation, is being forced to deal with 
and it did not come from God. But think about this. The book of Psalms, chapter 111, verse 10, says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a healthy reverence for God and the things of God, and acknowledging God and saying, what does God think about this? But the Apostle Paul spoke in Romans 3 of individuals that he said there is no fear of God before their eyes. You wonder how some of this stuff is even happening in in America because people have lost their fear of God. No fear of God, anything's possible. Last Tuesday, President Joe Biden proclaimed, and I'm quoting, he said, Therefore, I, Joseph R. Biden Jr., President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim June 2022 as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex pride month. I call upon the people of the United States to recognize the achievements of the LGBTQI plus community to celebrate the great diversity of the American people, and to wave their flags of pride high. This comes from the President of the United States. Well, again, the Apostle Paul said they have no fear of God before them. They don't acknowledge Him at all. And at that point, anything goes. No moral compass, not paying any attention to the Word of God. It's whatever I want and whatever makes me feel good. That's what I'm going to do. But what does the Bible say about homosexuality? God's Word. This is what we need to be teaching. One of the millions of things we need to teach the next generation. But if we do not teach those that are coming up as the younger generation now, they'll never know it's wrong, folks. And that's the travesty of all of this. All it takes is one generation... And this will become so rampant, you will never even be able to recognize a Christian, a Judeo-Christian America. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. Old Testament. You say, well, that's, I've had people tell me, that's thousands of years old. Okay, how about in the New Testament? Romans 1, 26-28. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to, here it is, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now these lifestyles, folks, the Bible prophesies will be prevalent in society at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. 
I don't want to see this happen in America. We need a true spiritual revival. And as we go throughout the program, we'll be talking about this topic. But before it's over with, we will talk about what we need to do as Christian, biblical-centric individuals and the spiritual revival that we need in America. We've got to turn this thing around. I can't turn it around, and you can't either. But Almighty God can. And that's what we need to have happen here in America. It's happened to other nations throughout time. Well, we need it here in 22 in America because we want to serve God. I want God to be pleasing. I want to be pleasing in God's eyes. We'll talk about it. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at End Time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. You know, everybody, the Bible does say that these lifestyles will be prevalent in society at the return of the Lord, but it doesn't have to be in America. Or at least we can have a spiritual revival in the midst of this stuff and turn back towards God. Maybe not every single person, but I think a a big majority of us can. And so that's the most important thing here. What do we do to turn back towards God? To have that healthy reverence and fear of God to where I would not do anything that would displease Him. So, in Luke chapter 17, verse 26 through 30, I'm going to go with the New King James Version on this quote. The Bible says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, they, uh, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, 
as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, and they planted, and they built. But on the day that Lot went up out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, I would say, me personally, from these verses, I've heard sermons preached throughout my life that, hey, business is just going to be as, it's going to be business as usual until the day the Lord returns as a thief in the night. And yes, the Bible does say that. And, you know, the ministers weren't wrong. But Scripture tells us, for many, that that will happen. However, I want to focus on the more ominous aspect of this prophecy. Of all the stories in the Old Testament, why did God choose to have Luke use these two to describe the societal conditions that would precede the Lord's return? In both of these instances here, even though he loved the people, God was forced to judge them and destroy human beings because of this sin. It was not the fact that they were sinners. If that were the case, God would have destroyed most of the cities in Lot's day. But He only destroyed the ones that were in the plains of Sodom so and Gomorrah in that region. So no, there was something about the way these two populations of people lived because everybody sinned. But God just doesn't come and destroy everybody, right? There was something about the way these two populations lived which forced God to wipe them out except for the righteous. Now, there's many lessons to be learned as we go through my program today. God was forced to wipe them out except for the righteous. In Noah's case, it was that the earth's entire population um, was just in living in total sin, except for, obviously, Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their, and their wives. And, but in Lot's day, it was only the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, how do we bring that to 2022? Well, let's talk about increased societal sin that demands God's judgment. If you think about it, because I'm going to kind of go back and forth between those times and today, what compelled a loving God? God is all about love, kindness, mercy, grace. But just as much as He is all that, you've got to understand, if you've been through the Bible, go through the entire Bible, God is also a God of judgment. But nobody wants to ever talk about that, right? They all want to talk about the love. And I love talking about the love of God. The only reason I'm saved today is the love and the grace and the mercy of God. But if I don't align up and have a reverence and a fear of God and acknowledge Him in all my ways and study the Word of God and lead a Spirit-led life, oh my goodness, there's coming a time when I will, would be judged. So what compelled a loving God to slay thousands upon thousands of people? In the days of both Noah and Lot, communal lifestyles became so sinful 
that God was compelled to judge them. He, he had no choice. In the days of Noah, think about this. The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only just evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had even made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I'm going to destroy man whom I created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have even made them. The earth also was corrupt before the Lord. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. For all the flesh had corrupted His way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them from the earth. Now, wow, that's Genesis 6, what? Probably 5 down through about 7. And Genesis 6, 11 through 13. 13 or 14. And then the Bible says, this would be Genesis 17, on, uh, Genesis 17, 18. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And you guys know the story of Noah and the flood. I didn't want to cover all that today because I, don't, I simply don't have time. But the Bible says, And all the flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of the fowl and of the cattle and of the beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man. That's in Genesis 17. Now, in the days of Lot, the Bible says this would be Genesis 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. It's the same thing, this societal condition amongst these groups of people. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and because their sin is so grievous, that I will go down now, and I'm going to see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it that's come up before me, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. The Bible says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from uh, from the Lord out of heaven, and He overthrew those cities, and all the plain, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew upon the ground. That's in Genesis 19, verses 24-25-ish. According to Luke, just prior to the second coming of Jesus, societal conditions will be just as it was in the days of Noah and Lot. People are just eating and drinking and marrying and just just living life as normal, but they will be so consumed with themselves that they just sin and debauchery. Yes, people will be living life as normal, but this is not the only part of the prophecy. In the end time, these sinful lifestyles will so permeate society, God will have no choice but to judge those who, listen at this, the Bible says, judge those who celebrate, participate, and propagate those sins. Not necessarily just those who participate in those sinful lifestyles, but those that celebrate them. Okay? Remember what I read from President Biden early 
that he said, we are, everybody waved their flags and celebrated these pride parades and all these different things. The Bible says everybody that not only does them, but celebrates them and advocates for them will be judged as well. Okay, now this is the Bible. This is a Bible program. End of the age. We're all about Bible prophecy, things happen in the end time, how to get people to heaven. And so we've got to talk about these things. Again, because it seems like in a lot of churches and a lot of radio programs and a lot of uh, parents, they don't even want to talk to their child about these things. Pastors aren't mentioning it for fear of somebody, you know, just coming back at them or, you know, and the, the thing is, if we don't preach it and teach it and talk to our kids about it and explain to them what's going on and go to, go to them with the Word of God and explain to them about the reverence and the fear of God and that we should acknowledge God in our life. Oh my goodness, folks. We could end up with a situation, and I mean we're headed straight in that direction. You'll see that here when I go through some of the news articles. But that we could be a, have a societal condition of a Sodom and Gomorrah in America. You say, well, we're already there. Now, I know a lot of people that are Christians that are not caught up in that. There's a small group of people that have a loud voice, I understand, and they're trying to push that agenda everywhere. But there are people that will not comply with that and do not celebrate that. Now, when we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah disregarded God's definition of a moral lifestyle by yielding to every sexual perverted desire. If you go to... um, The book of Jude, it talks about it. The Bible actually says, And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. These cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. A lot of people like to put that. I don't want to talk about hell. I don't want to talk about God's judgment. And I'm not saying I'm trying to scare you into being saved or whatever. That's not what my goal is here today. But my goal is to wake everybody up and to say, hey, we need a spiritual revival. We've got to get back to the things of God in our life, folks. Because there is a, there is a great white throne of what? The great white throne of judgment coming that all will stand before. That don't make it in the rapture. Everybody's going to stand before that throne. And God's going to open the books And he's going to read out of them and we'll be judged by the works that we've done. Read Revelation chapter 20. So this is found in Jude um, Jude 1.7. This is from the New Living Translation. Don't forget about eternal judgment. The prominent sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was a sin of homosexuality. And this is where the word sodomy comes from. Back in Genesis 18 and 19... Uh, the story, uh, the God sent two angels to lead Abraham's nephew, Lot, and his family out of Sodom before it was destroyed. The men of the city, being aware of the two male guests that were visiting Lot, they surrounded Lot's home and demanded that the men be made available to them for homosexual acts. The Bible says that they may know them, which was talked about a... Uh, having uh, relations. And so 
the Bible says they, they wanted to have homosexual acts. Well, Lot offered his two... So this just tells you where Lot's mind was. Lot offered his two virgin daughters to the men. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to be able to comprehend that. But the men refused the daughters because they were bound in their lustful desires for these men. Now, this is how the sin of homosexuality became referred to as sodomy. But how do we know homosexuality is a sin? Because in today, if you read the news and everybody's celebrating these parades and all these other different things, the, the drag queen things that are going on and all of this, they want you to, J- J- President Biden wants you to celebrate that and wave the rainbow flags and celebrate it and advocate for it and promote that. That's what he said. I read you a quote at the beginning of the program. How do we know homosexuality is a sin? God's moral book, the Bible, which we all will be judged by, declares homosexuality is a sin. Again, if a man also lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death and their blood shall be upon them. Now, I'm not advocating killing somebody. It's not what I'm saying. Get the principle behind this. That's Leviticus 20.13. So what was Luke's prophecy telling us in Luke 17 when he states, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. At the second coming of Jesus Christ, these societal conditions will be like that. You say, well, it says it right here in the Bible, so we, we, you know, why even try to have a spiritual Bible? It's going to happen anyway. Whoa, 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 hold on. It does not say it has to permeate American society. We can have spiritual revivals here. And that's what I'm believing for. Now, just prior to the second coming of Jesus, there will be an increase of every anti-God, anti-Bible, immoral sexual act in society. I don't want that. I didn't write the Bible. God did. So God said this is the way it's going to be. He also preached about a great end-time revival. Revelation chapter 9 and other places it's mentioned. I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 7, I misspoke. Revelation chapter 7 is the revival chapter. So very, very important. I'm looking for the end-time revival. I will not comply, nor will I celebrate, and I will also teach my children and my grandchildren and my Bible classes and everybody about this is not right. Legalized sodomy in America. Think about that. America. It's legalized in America as we speak. My father-in-law used to talk about this, and I used to think, no way, not here in America. But folks, we've seen it happen. And so we'll get into a lot more great detail in the last half of the program. And hopefully it would encourage you to not celebrate this, but to acknowledge God in your life. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Most of you, most of you listening today knew my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter. And he was on the air here for, he started this whole thing. <laughs> this big studio I'm setting in, everything. He started it all. Him and God, really. Uh, and he used Irvin Baxter as a wonderful teaching uh, and, and, and a, a godly vessel throughout his entire life. Well, as a kid growing up in his church, he would teach us about these things. And he would say, in the end time, just prior to the second coming, it's going to be like it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I used to think, oh man, I know you're saying that, but no way, not, not, not here in America. I mean, it's not, it'll never get as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah, maybe in some far off country, but not here in America. I mean, this is, the, this is America. We, we were based, we were, our foundation is Judeo-Christian principles. Oh my goodness, folks, have I been proven wrong. We have seen this country do an about-face when it comes to a Bible-centric lifestyles in, in, in many ways. Now, again, I have thousands of Christians. I know, I know thousands of people, literally, probably more than that, that have, would never even think about this kind of stuff. But there are people here in the United States that are, and they have a very loud voice. But think about this. From the early 60s until now, America has taken a huge moral nosedive. And I'm not going to take the time to go into all of the events and uh, this big chronological timeline that have gotten us from there to here, but I want you to consider one point of interest, very important. This, is, this was kind of just tore the dam down. Before the Obama presidency, there were many cracks in the dam which held back this full onslaught of sexual, perverse, non-biblical lifestyles in America. It wasn't just, you heard about it, but it was not just rampant. During the President Obama's tenure, the entire dam, again, was removed, and here it come, just a flood. Prior to 1960, think about this, prior to 1960, it was against the law to commit the act of sodomy in all 50 states against the law. Criminal act. Look how, fa- look how far we've come. 
over time, many things contributed. Why? People quit teaching about it. People quit talking about it. And if you don't teach and talk about it and explain and train up a child in the way that should go, all it takes, one or two generations, and it's full on, right? Over time, many things contributed to the dissolving of these laws. However, the crowning achievement was the complete legalization, going from a criminal act to completely legal, of the act of sodomy under the Obama administration. Barack Obama was inaugurated in, to his first term as president in January of 2009. That same year, at the annual conference of the LGBTQ, um, the, 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 their, their conference that they have, he clearly called, it's called the Human Rights Campaign. President Obama was the featured speaker. And his remarks were just absolutely shocking. He said, and I'm quoting here, you, American population, you will see, or no, he was teaching to the um, Campaign for Human Rights, Campaign on Human Rights. The, I'm sorry, the Human Rights Campaign. Let me get it right here. He said, you here will see a time in which we as a nation finally recognize relationships between two men or two women as just as real and admirable as relationships between a man and a woman. He stated this. I just quoted that. Now, look at that statement and look at the Bible, what I just read you from the Bible. No fear of God, no acknowledgement of God, no acknowledgement of His Word, just complete, don't want to hear about God's Word, here's what we want. Then on May 9th, 2012, President Obama openly endorsed gay marriage when he said, and I'm quoting again, I've just concluded that for me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. So finally, under the Obama administration, same-sex or sodomy marriage was legalized in every state. What was it? It's in June 26th, 2015. Now, very important, this is a direct violation of God's Word. Now, some people say, who cares? Who cares? We're not, the, 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 the Bible's just a fairy tale, it's a myth, and who cares, right? Don't, I don't want to pay any attention to God. I don't want God to have anything to do with my life. Well, that's fine. You, you, everybody's got free will, you can do whatever you want. I'm going to acknowledge God. I want to spend eternity with Him someday. And I want to have a healthy fear and a reverence for God. I want to align my life up to the things of God. And when God defined marriage as between one man and one woman, all the way back in the book of Genesis, this is Genesis 2.24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So God also told Moses, sodomy was a sin in the Old Testament. He said, he said thou sh- this would be um, Leviticus 18, 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It's an abomination. And then the Apostle Paul addressed the sin of homosexuality in the New Testament. Again, he said, for this cause... God gave, and this would be Romans chapter 1. You'd have to read it all, but for this cause, God gave them up to 
vile affections, the Bible calls it. For even their women change the natural use of that uh, which is against nature. And then men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own uh, lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of the air which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. This is very important because this is where we're at in society. President Biden stating this. I, he, I mean, he claims to be a Christian, but I, I question whether he's ever even read these scriptures. But the Apostle Paul said, God give them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's Romans 1, 26-28. The passage says, God gave them up to ungodly, gave the ungodly individuals up to vile affections. Then the scripture describes what God referred to as vile affections. He said, the men burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Then verse 28 states that the people that did not like to retain God in their knowledge, that because they don't want to be corrected by God. They just want to do every, everything that I'm lusting after. I want that. I don't want God to tell me what to do. The passage says that as a result of this attitude, God turned the, the homosexual and those that justify or would celebrate homosexuality over to a reprobate mind. Now, I know this is strong today, and I want to I make sure everybody out there, if you're living in that lifestyle, it's going to sound like I am 110% against you. I am against the sin and the lifestyle, but I love you. And I want, I, I know, I've got friends that have been in that lifestyle and have come out of that, living a Christian walk right now. There's hope for everybody. But when the Bible's against it and it's sin, you've got to come out of that lifestyle, be born again, and live as a Christian individual from then on. Not in that lifestyle. And the Bible talks about this, and we'll get to that hopefully for the end of the program. So a, a reprobate mind, I, and I don't want this to come across as that I hate anybody or, or that I want to, you know, anybody to be destroyed. I, I absolutely do not want that. That's not my whole life is devoted to helping people make it to heaven. And but in loving somebody, I have to warn them about what the future holds. If you don't love people, you'd say, oh, yeah, there's a cliff up ahead. I'm just going to sit back and watch them go over it. Right. I don't love them. But if you love people, you'll get out there and say, whoa, 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 you're fixing to go over a cliff. Stop. That's what I'm doing today, folks. I'm throwing up road signs and saying, stop. Because God loves you and he wants to save you. But these types of lifestyles are contrary to God's word. So a reprobate mind, what is that? Well, that's one that embraces a lie so strongly until it actually becomes a, they, be, they come to believe that that lie is the truth. And if we don't teach our children, and if we don't educate them and the next generation coming up, they'll actually think, hey, I'm a, a, a male, but I really feel like I'm a female today. And want everybody who doesn't believe that to accept them as a female. Okay? And we're living in our society. This is, what, this is where we're at. And an example of this, you know, obviously a person believing that two men can be a family. 
uh, Pete Buttigieg and his, the guy he lives with, they have two babies now. They adopted them, but two men can't have a baby. I know that, the, the, I actually heard somebody the other day, I think it was a Senate hearing committee, and the guy said to this person who was testifying, do you believe a man can have a child or can become pregnant and be, have an abortion? And the lady actually said, yes. Now, we're supposed to be getting smarter in society, right? But I, some of these things, I'm, I, I just I can't wrap my mind around it. It's impossible for two men to have a baby, folks. Yet because people want to justify vile affections and give same-sex relationships a cloak of legitimacy, they close their eyes to the truth, close their eyes to science, and they say, well, two men and two women should be able to get married and they can have a family. People who embrace homosexuality, according to the Bible, have been turned over to a reprobate mind. Now, can they be saved if they come out of that and they ask God to help them and deny that, then I think there's hope. Does anybody think God was not watching when the Supreme Court of the United States of America, under the Obama administration, approved same-sex marriages? I can assure you God was sitting in the courtroom Matter of fact, God knew that was going to happen before He ever created the planet. God knows the end from the beginning. God's ever, from everlasting to everlasting. But He created human beings to have free will, and some of them kind of dove straight off the deep end. The very actions and vile atmosphere which caused God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah have been legalized and is celebrated by our president, in the United States of America. Now, some have fooled themselves into believing God is not going to judge these actions. People that believe that do not understand and know the Bible. He, he may not judge it today or even tomorrow, but He will judge it. He has no choice. Now, is America modern-day Sodom? That's the question. That's a question on the table here. The legalization of same-sex marriage emboldened by the LGBT community to force their sinful lifestyle on the whole of society. And that's what these parades and everything else is about, to force their belief system on society, celebrate us. And, you know, one example is these anti-discrimination laws to keep Christians from exercising their religious freedoms. And so it's very, very important that we understand really what's going on here in American society and know that we're headed straight in that direction and we've got to turn this thing around and we can do that through spiritual revival. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You know, here in America, and I've only got one segment left. I wish I had another couple hours. But in America, churches, now, they call themselves a church. That's why we say many times, just because it says church over the door in America does not mean they're teaching the truth inside. You better know your Bible in the end time, folks. In America, in 2022, so-called, I'm going to say quote-unquote churches are ordaining members of the LGBT community to occupy their pulpits while condoning their, their sinful lifestyles. Homosexuals are celebrated in parades across the nation during Pride Month. Schools are being forced to teach the role and the contributions of LGBTQ people in the history of the country. In other words, giving children heroes to look up to where it used to be the, um, the, the for, for our forefathers who the foundation of our country, Judeo-Christian principles, we used to look up to them, but now they're wanting to, them to look up to these in other individuals. Transgender men are winning championships in participating in women's sports. A man that just simply believes he's a woman going to participate in swimming meets and wrestling and track meets and on basketball teams and just it's 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 ruining women's sports is really what it's doing but there is an lgbtq person in just about every sitcom and movie coming out of hollywood and now it is legal in some states for a man who identifies as a woman to use the ladies restrooms and locker rooms and you know the list goes on and on and on now if you say well, that's just normal, Dave. That's, that's, you know, those people, they should be able to live however they want. Folks, it's against the Bible. You either believe the Bible or you don't. That's what it all comes down to. You see, in the end, people get so caught up in societal things and sports and living and, you know, raising a family. And we sh- there's nothing wrong with any of that. But if we say, well, just they can love whoever they want and, you know, and we, you know, just nobody says anything, then we will be literally destroyed from inside like Rome was. Total, total, uh, our foundation of this country will just crumble and we won't even know this country in another generation or two. It's, I mean, it's almost... Because I have, because I'm affiliated with many Christian individuals, I and 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 just people that know. I don't want. I I want to follow God. I want to live according to His Word. 
I know that, that the, the majority of people in America, now they would say, well, the majority of people's for this. I absolutely do not believe that. There are many people that just don't know what to do. Well, I turn to God because God can turn all this around on a dime. And I, I want to have a spiritual revival. That's what we need here. At the end of the day, if I don't get through with my, all my stuff today, spiritual revival is the answer to this, folks. Turning back to God and living by His principles. You say, well, that Bible, that's just all uh, a book of do's and don'ts. I don't want to follow that. No. Those principles are put in there as boundaries to, to protect you from the enemy that's trying to destroy you and your family. The Bible is not a book of do's and don'ts. You're looking at the thing totally wrong. The Bible is boundaries. You know, a fence is put up for two reasons. It's put up to keep you in, keep your kids in the backyard, but it also keeps all the Dobermans and everything else from around, and the people that would try to take your kids, it keeps them away from them. So it keeps the enemy out, and it protects you. That's what the Bible does. It gives you, the, the thesis of the Bible is your relationship with Almighty God and your relationship with your fellow man. And it lets us know there's an enemy trying to destroy all that. And things you can't do because it will allow the enemy to come in. Man, I'm, where did this come from? But I'm just telling you, this is what the Bible is. We've got to get back to the Bible. We've got to get back to biblical foundational principles of how to live as a Christian, how to walk with God, how to acknowledge God in everything that we do. Because that's how we're going to make it to heaven, folks. By putting the Bible... I mean, I know a lot of people... I've taught a lot of Bible studies over the years. A lot of people have a, a family Bible, but it's got four or five inches of dust on it. They've never cracked that thing open, if ever. Maybe just to write down somebody's uh, that passed away in it, or maybe a wedding. I mean, that's the only time they would crack it open. But that book that's laying on your bookshelf or on your coffee table, that's your roadmap to get to heaven, folks. We've got to get back to biblical foundational principles. We've got to acknowledge God. We've got to talk to Him. We've moved off of prayer. I talk to people all the time that they pray at Thanksgiving for over the turkey. And then they may go to a church on Easter. And that's pretty much their relationship with God. I was talking to my wife about this. Man, I'm so far off this topic, but you, I was talking to my wife about this, and I said, you know, a lot of people say they love God, but they don't talk to Him. Well, how's your prayer life? Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I, it's non-existent. Well, you say you love God, and you want to spend eternity with Him, but you don't ever talk to Him. I told my wife, I said, that's, I, we, we were talking about this this weekend. I said, that's like me, people that won't pray. That's like me telling my wife, Jana, that I love her, and, you know, we got married in 1988. That's like me telling her, Jana, I love you, and I do. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I love you more than anybody. But then, since 88, I haven't talked to her. Think about that. With no communication, folks, you have no relationship. So, the God that you want to spend eternity with How's that going to work when you never talk to him? The Bible says there will be people that stand before God and say, Hey, we did many, many mighty great things in your name. 
And he's going to say, you're going to have to depart from me because I don't even know who you are. So, the Bible says God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I need to have a prayer life, and I need to be studying the Word of God because that's my roadmap on how to get to heaven. I'm way off topic, folks. Um, Man, I've got to get, there's no way I'll get this program done, but wow. This is going to be the thing that turns this around, is acknowledging God. The Bible says, lean not to your own understanding, but allow God to lead and guide your path. It's very, very important. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and He will direct your path. Now, man, I'm going to get back. When we're talking about this topic today, again, I love everybody out there. And if you've ever been through one of my Bible studies, I don't care who you are or what you've done. It's irrelevant to me. God can save you. And, you know, when we talk about the legalization and all of this in America, I know it sounds as if I'm sensationalizing, but I don't have to. I mean, this is reality. This is, the, this is our America. It's almost unbelievable until you read the news. You got it been in the news lately? Fox News says that dozens of Georgia churches have just split from the United Methodist Church over LGBTQ issues. The departing of these um, Georgia churches, it marks the latest in this growing divide among Protestants over LGBTQ issues. Many of them are saying, we just cannot condone that. So what happened? Seventy churches in Georgia just split from the United Methodist Church. And largely over LGBTQ issues. They were wanting to condone them in their lifestyles and things. And many of these churches said, no, we can't do that. That's a diametrically opposed to the Word of God. And it marks this latest growing divide within... It's the third largest Protestant denomination in the United States... And think about this. The Methodists traced their roots back to the 18th century English evangelist John Wesley, whose followers split from the Church of England following his death. But think about this. John Wesley was a very conservative, um, was very conservative, and he taught holiness living, but yet now people are wanting to condone these lifestyles in the movement that, you know, comes stems from his belief system. And yet, he didn't even believe in this. He was very conservative. He taught about dress and holiness and all kinds of stuff. So, another article, the po- this comes from the post-millennial. First, the first cheerleader in the NFL um, to make a debut, the, the, a transgender cheerleader, to make a debut of the Carolina Pan- Panthers. The NFL has signed the first biological male who identifies as a transgender to be part of the woman's cheerleading squad. For the, they're called the Carolina Top Cats. Their cheerleading squad. The Washington Examiner. On May 16th, the federal judge has ordered an Indiana school district to allow a biological female student who identifies as a male to use the boys' restroom at school. Boy, that's going to go over good, isn't it? And that ruling means that the school district must immediately allow the student to use the boys' bathroom. And then The Blaze just reported that a, the leftists are blasting the Tampa Bay, T- 
Tampa Bay Rays players, there were, I think there were five of them, who refused to wear an LGBTQ rainbow pride patch because of their religious beliefs. It was on social media, and they're blasting these five baseball players from the Tampa Bay Rays who cited religious reasons for refusing to wear these rainbow colors on the uniforms to promote the LGBTQ Pride Night. And they were playing the Chicago White Sox. They didn't want to wear the colors, and instead they peeled off the, um, this rainbow logo on their jerseys, and they wore the team's standard cap instead of the pride cap with rainbow-colored uh, TB for the Tampa Bay on the front. And one of the players stated, if I believe the Bible is infallible and the everlasting, um, that everlasting life is attainable, and yet I bow down to public opinion in the name of tolerance, is that love? He said, I don't think so. This was one of the Tampa Bay baseball players. And then finally, the uh, WFAA here in Dallas, a bar in Dallas, just hosted a drag the kids to pride family-friendly drag show. During the event, the drag performers danced and walked down the aisle in the center of the room. At times, the dancers would take dollar bills from children that were in the bar. And kids also walked with the dancers down the aisle during the event. Now, folks, you and I both understand this is just the tip of the iceberg. But I think you guys kind of get the point. So what do we do? Spiritual revival. Pastors, parents, teach your children. Talk to your churches. It's sin in the Bible. A lot of pastors will talk about lying and cheating and adultery and stealing. But when it comes to homosexuality, they don't want to talk about that at all. Oh, I can't talk about that. That might offend somebody. It's sin. If you're going to keep them from going to hell, you got to talk about it. Wow. So, folks, spiritual revival. Get back to a prayer life. Get back to reading of the Word of God. It's very important that we live with a holy reverence and fear of God and acknowledge Him in all of our ways because without that, there's no relationship and there's no eternity. So we want everybody to go to heaven. No matter what lifestyle you're winning or you're living, you can come out of that, be born again, and make it to heaven, and we will help you do that. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.